Hi there, Dr. B here with your Module 1 Clarifying Lecture. How these work is that you will receive one of these each week with your feedback, answering your questions and anything that I think you need to know. Um, I'll do them with Module 1 through Module 7. There will not be one for Module 8. They'll usually drop on Fridays, although sometimes they happen on Saturdays. Occasionally I'll combine two weeks, usually at least once during the term, I do combine two weeks, um, and you will be able to access them via video, and you'll also be able to access them via podcast on um, anchor.fm. So without further, further ado, whatever that means, let's get started. All right, so um, this course is going to be way different than any of the other courses you've taken. Some of you are at the end of your journey, some of you are just beginning. Um, and what I want you to think about as you go through this course is that it's a prerequisite to applied behavior analysis. That's probably the best way to describe it. It's the bio, the chem, the physics, the anatomy and physiology that you need to really understand applied behavior analysis. So this is the basics. And so we're not going to be talking about how do you use this in a classroom. We're not going to be talking about using this with clients. We're going to talk about this as a natural science that really tells us all about how the world works. So um, really, if you approach this course from that perspective, that this is the prereq, this is the bio, this is the chem, this is the AMP that allows you to go and do some of the stuff that you do with clients, I think you're going to be pretty successful. Make sure that you are using a laptop or desktop computer. Just about every term, somebody comes to me and says, I'm using a Chromebook and it won't work. These courses are not designed to work on iPhones, iPads, Surface, Kindles, um, and Chromebook is really considered a tablet. So you want to make sure that you have a sturdy laptop or a desktop, um, either that you own or you borrow, um, to really complete everything, not just in 622, but going forward. Okay. CyberRat, you do have to use the paid version, um, just about every term. Someone comes to me and says, the free one's not working. That is true. The free one won't work. Um, if for some reason getting CyberRat is a hardship for you, that $25 is kind of a make or break, let me know. Um, I'll be happy to help you out with that. And um, as we get further into this course, I want to give some foreshadowing here. Um, I'm going to get stricter with things as far as terms are concerned. Things like reinforcing behavior, not people. Reinforcer versus reinforcements. Um, the more precision with which you learn, the better you're gonna apply it later. Um, if you want a taste and foreshadowing of some of the ways that I am strict, feel free to go back and uh, listen to some of the podcasts from earlier terms. Uh, you're welcome to use those as study tools as much as you would like. Also, um, make sure that you're reading the instructions really carefully. Um, one of the things that you'll learn as you become a clinician or a teacher is that um, it's often on the details and technicalities where people get tripped up. So people end up in due process over technicalities. Um, insurance claims 
insurance programs get rejected over technicalities. So make sure that you're reading all the instructions carefully and that you're following them to the letter. Don't just skim them or log in and try to get them done without reading the directions. The directions are very, very important. That being said, this course is designed so that patterns of grades determine the overall outcome. The best way for you to really kind of discourage yourself is to try to make an average or a percentage grade out of each assignment and then average the averages. You're gonna seem like you're doing way worse than you really are. The other thing is don't pay attention to those progress bars on Blackboard where they put you in green or red. Um, they're not really helpful for the overall learning of this course because we're gonna go by overall point spread. And the point spread denominator in Blackboard is terrible and it's never calculated correctly. So what I want you to do is really, if you wanna know where you stand, manually add up the points that you have earned and manually add up the points you could earn and divide the number of points you earned by the number of points you could have earned. And that will give you a better understanding of your standing within the course, okay? Um, and I'm gonna give an extra credit opportunity and you can go into um, the link that will be placed on Blackboard into the spreadsheet and you can answer this question for two additional points. How can you determine your standing in this course? All right, go ahead and you can put that in now or you can wait until after you're done um, and that is worth two extra credit points. Let's go to the video intro. So a lot of you picked the so social media question as well as the trophy question. Um, me, I'm on social media all the time. I do have a professional site. It's called Academic Fit on Facebook. And um, I do have an Instagram account, um, Academic Fit 7. So if you want to head over there and see what I'm doing on that. I'm not real great at posting there. Um, I also have an academic fit page on LinkedIn. Um, so feel free to check any of those out, but I do not um, friend people on my private page, just so you know. Um, so yeah, I use social media probably a little too much. Most of you said that too. Um, I think once we get more into stimulus control and reinforcement, um, some of those patterns of responding that you have are going to make way more sense. Okay. I liked what a lot of you said about terms. Um, fluency is super important. Um, and I think one of you said this, um, one of you likened it to oral reading fluency, um, that you can't comprehend, translate, or engage in critical thinking without being fluent in the terms. So, the whole idea is that you'll have this uh, big BACB exam, and that exam we calculated you got two minutes per question. Most of those questions are not gonna be what is reinforcement. They're gonna be more application-based. And so if you're not fluent in the terms, you're gonna waste a lot of the time on those questions, and you're gonna time out, and you're not gonna do as well in the final. So you gotta make sure that you're really fluent and understand those terms in order to pass that big BACB exam. 
some of you, I think, are going to be talking very differently about behavior analysis at the end of the term. At least, um, I kind of hope so. Because I think a lot of you have some misconceptions about the basic theory and philosophy of behavior analysis. That's okay. Yeah, you're only in your second course. We learn this through repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, but hopefully by the end of this course, you're going to be talking very differently. And you're going to be um, really looking at behavior analysis in a very different way as a science, as an underlay to all the things that we do. So there's a behavior analytic explanation as to why you're listening to this video or podcast. There's a behavior analytic explanation as to why I'm making this video and podcast and the way that I'm doing it. Um, so I encourage you to really look around you at how behavior analytic principles really influence your entire being, your entire doing, your entire life and the world around you. I think that's going to really help you as you move forward in this course sequence. It looks like we're from all over. Um, a lot of us are from the East Coast, but we do have some people from California and the Southwest. I don't believe we have any international students this time around. Um, we do have some people who are um, originally from other countries, but I think everybody's based in the U.S. this time around. If you are international, um, there are some things that you need to know about the BACB exam. Um, it is only being offered in English and it is only being offered in um, the United States, Canada, and I believe a few European countries and Australia. So um, if you are looking for a credential and you are residing outside the U.S., it is very important that you contact me and your advisors for more information. I thought it was interesting. A lot of you want to know about thinking and remembering. Um, and yeah, you know, isn't that an explanatory fiction? Aren't you going to say that? Yep, I am. Um, but it is part of radical behaviorism. So thinking and remembering are a big part of radical behaviorism. I'm encouraged to see that a lot of people really want to look at cyber rat. Um, cyber rat is a ton of fun, especially the shaping experiment. So I think you're going to really enjoy that. Um, one quick thing before I forget is that um, we did have one student who was interested in forming study groups. We have, it's kind of gone dormant, but we do have an ABA connection tutoring type of site where people can go and form study groups. So if you want to join that study group, and I will offer you five points extra credit if you join the study group um, and use it, you have to use it too. You can't just join, you gotta, gotta use it. Um, please let me know, send me an email and I can put you into that organization on Blackboard. Again, um, active participation in the study group will get you five points extra credit. Looking at the contracts, um, unfortunately only three groups use the suggestive format to get extra credit. Um, I was a little surprised at that. Um, those of you who did not, I want you to really look at that suggestive process because um, it has been shown in the literature to reduce a lot of the issues that come up within groups. Um, not only groups like this, but also um, large government organizations and things like that. Um, and it's really been effective worldwide. So 
um, please make sure that you're going through and kind of looking at that. I would also suggest that you rotate your roles and responsibilities. Some of you have the same role every week. I mean, it's not required, but it is a good idea and it is a good practice. Um, I'd also suggest that you carefully document your meetings, not only through recording, um, but also keep your texts, keep your um, conversations. You may want to consider taking meeting minutes and submitting those um, alongside of your um, interteach. This is not a divide and conquer assignment. That is really important. I will be monitoring for discussion and making sure that you're all collaborating on the questions. You can't say, hey, you, you're going to take question one. Hey, you, you're going to take question three. Hey, you, you're going to take question eight. It doesn't work that way. It is the discussion piece that is the most important. Um, and that's where the magic happens. And that's been shown in the literature time and again. So please make sure that you are discussing these items. This isn't just a, hey, you do this, you do this type of thing. All right, let's get to your questions. Um, there was only one this week that I saw. Um, I'm feeling confused about the definition of operant learning, class of responses that all have the same consequences. Could you please elaborate in this definition to hopefully bring some clarification for me? Thanks in advance. All right, so I think you might be confusing the terms operant learning and operant class. So operant learning is determined by consequences. Um, so you have respondent learning where it's a um, association between an, a, a stimulus and a response, an antecedent and a response. Um, consequence reinforcement really has nothing to do with it. And then you have operant. Um, and there are respondent learning pieces and there are operant learning pieces. This isn't like, you know, we used to do respondent and now we do operant. That's not how it works. Respondent, stimulus, response. Operant, stimulus, response, consequence. Also, you can add the fourth term of motivating operation to that um, stimulus-SD relationship. An operant class is a bunch of behaviors that hang together with the same types of consequences. So operant learning is consequence. If you have the same consequences for a bunch of behaviors, that's an operant class. So hopefully that helps to clarify. All right, that's it for me this week. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to your um, shaping experiments in CyberRat. Um, do make sure that you're looking at the Journal of Experimental Analysis of Behavior and your Catania book um, for more information. And talk with you soon. Have a great weekend.